and that we love a chat. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of your frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too. Collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory networks. You know what? Hello everybody, this is Jenny back with another Sensory Matters episode. This is season two, episode three, and Lorraine's here. Hi Lorraine. Hello. Hello. Um, and this whole season we're focusing on mental health. And this particular episode we're drilling down into children's mental health. Um, so, God, it's a big topic, isn't it? Because I, I think we just see more and more issues with children's mental health. And I don't quite know why, although I do have some theories. Um, but I thought we'd maybe start with, we could hypothesise as to why quickly, and then we could go into how do we even spot it in our children. So, Lorraine, what's your theories on, on why this is all kind of exploding? Well, I think technology plays a big part in yeah. children's mental health. Well, in anybody's mental health, really. You can't switch off from anything these days. Yeah, that's true, because when we were at school, you came home and if you didn't want to go out with your friends, you got some time to yourself. There was no way for them to get in touch, really. Yeah, apart from the landline. <laughs> yes. And that was only yeah. if you were allowed to use it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And even then you could get your, your brother to say, oh, she's not in. Yeah. <laughs> Tell her we porking. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it is really tough on them now because there's just it's just they're bombarded with things all the time. And a lot of what they see is not um, always positive. Yeah. So it's really... And it's easy for somebody to hide behind a false account and bully somebody online. That's like right. Like I saw, I saw yeah. something yesterday, a little boy was getting online bullied and every time he blocked them, they just set up a new account. Oh, and then just went from yeah. again. Yeah. And then I think there's the whole issue of, of children talking about what's happening online as well. Yeah, um, yeah you, you, we were chatting the other day and you were saying that, you know, because the very nature of chatting online, maybe if a child says something, if your child says something in their defence and they know that you as a parent won't be happy about what they've written, they may not want to show you the bigger picture. Yeah, so they might not confide in you because I know, I mean, just it, it's, hypothesize here that somebody has sent a message on Instagram, a nasty message on Instagram, and your child responded swearing at them, for example, then they may not want to show yeah. you that because they think they're going to get in trouble because they've swore at the person. Yeah, but, absolutely. Like that's just a minor detail in all of this. And, and as a parent, I certainly wouldn't be thinking about that. I'd be thinking about the bigger picture. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe we need to discuss how we how we um, encourage them to be open. But b before we get into that, children can, especially with technology, they can kind of exist in this false world. And that's always my concern with technology is that um, it reduces the need for real interaction sometimes because they feel like they've kept up with people online. But um, it's, it's having real social interactions as well. Um, but what kind of things should we be looking out for that are alarm bells that our children might be having an issue with mental health? I think if you've got a, a child that withdraws from normal activities, so say they're normally quite outgoing and they do football or they go to a certain club and they start cancelling these plans and not wanting to go 
that's one of the first signs is that they start to withdraw from their usual activities maybe not going out with friends anymore that they would normally meet up with um it's pretty Mm -hmm. similar to adult mental health really you start start to withdraw spend a lot of time in your room um you might argue with your parents and maybe you wouldn't normally or argue with, with your siblings and you maybe normally wouldn't be like that yeah being a bit yeah. more short-tempered than usual yeah, yeah. Overeat. and the couple of things around eating, yeah yes sleep it can affect sleep and then there's self-harming as well which can be difficult because if a child's self-harming they don't want you to see yes yeah absolutely so they're, they're kind of like your alarm bells that something else is going on. Um, but it's kind of quite easy to miss these sometimes in busy it life, is. isn't it? And then there's also the fact that your child might hide a lot of it. So, yeah, yes. you, you know, if a child feels like that, they may cover up what they're, they're doing. So they may have excuses for why they're not doing their activities anymore. Or if they're overeating, they may just hide the evidence. Or if, if they're under eating, again, yes. hide the evidence. Yeah, that's it. Um, so how how do we um, how how do we encourage them not to hide this, and and what can we do as parents to help us spot them and not put these things down? Because I've probably gone through things where I've thought, oh, my children are just going through a phase of being moody, or I always say that my children get moody just before their birthday. I always think it's in line with some kind of growth or development step up, and they get a bit huffy. Um, so quite often you can just put their mood swings or something down to something else rather than stopping and taking a step back and thinking, oh, is there something else yeah, going on? I think on? it's important as parents to just openly discuss things. So yesterday, me and you had a meeting and we started the meeting. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. And then you said, actually, I'm not fine. I'm stressed. And I said, well, do you know what? Actually, yeah. I'm not fine. I'm really stressed. I've got a lot going on. And just by doing that made my day better. Um, yes, I, I felt more productive true. because I wasn't then worrying about masking how I was feeling. Because normally I would just be like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I've got to get on with this. I've got to do X, Y, Z. And then it would play on my mind. But because I'd been open and honest and said, you know what? No, I'm having a rubbish time at the minute. It just made me feel a bit of relief. And then I could get on better. So yeah. I think it's really important to be open and honest. Yes. But how do you get kids to be open and honest? How do you make them feel like they can? Hmm. I say I don't know if this is a generational thing because I'm quite I, I talk a lot with my kids I would never have spoken to my parents yeah. but I don't know if I don't know if other parents yeah, are like I that I don't know is. if parents these days do speak a lot with their kids or if if there are some parents that don't I suppose everybody's so different yes no agree and I mean I'm jumping slightly off topic here but um I had a conversation with my son um a couple of weeks ago about sex and stuff because he's getting whatever the level is they're now doing and he was really really worried and he was saying I don't ever want to do it and I don't understand how you do it and why do people do it it sounds horrible um and he said I don't know how 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 my penis would get in there I don't understand it so we had this whole conversation about how like what an erection is and all that kind of stuff and I remember at the time thinking and then we spoke about ejaculation and all sorts and I remember thinking at the time there is not a cat in hell's chance as a child I would have had that conversation with my parents no way absolutely zero um I remember just being 
one day finding a book on my bed that my parents had left called Have You Started Yet? And, and that was it. That was my, my education. Um, and that and the playground, which obviously had loads of inaccurate yeah, I think my, facts my learning as well. was from the playground. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I think you're right. Maybe it is a generational thing. And I, I think that the thing is not reacting as well, no matter what they tell you. And even if inside you're thinking, oh, my God, I wish you'd not done that or that was wrong or or whatever, um, just not letting that show and just being the yeah. ears and listening, which can be really hard when you're so emotionally connected to your kids and you just, you know, you want to you just want to protect them. So it's it's not reacting to anything they tell yeah. you and then um, talking it through. I read an autobiography recently. It was uh, Davina McCall's book, actually. And what she does is she has a little book mm-hmm. for each of her children and they can write something in that book mm-hmm. and leave it on the end of their bed. And then she goes and gets the book and reads what they've, they've written and then responds to it. And that way they don't have to have the physical conversation. Oh, so yeah. she just writes And if they want to talk, they can, but they can get it off oh. their chest by just writing it in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Although I think the ultimate would be that you'd want them to feel comfortable chatting, but I guess there might be some things, particularly because, I mean, my two are only 11 and 9, 10 next week, but um, at the moment they probably feel like they can talk to me, but I worry when you hit the teenage years and that whole embarrassment thing sets in or they're more social pressure and things like that fit in, uh, start to set in, that maybe they'll Yeah, I, I think Joe would be about. embarrassed to talk to so me about some stuff. things, being 14 and, you know, puberty and things it's probably some things yeah. he would be embarrassed about where jamie doesn't care i mean the other day jamie was asking me why people lie about losing their virginity why, why does it matter why is anybody bothered you know she'll, she'll talk to me about things like that okay yeah yeah so that's that's a really good strategy that our listeners could use to if they find their children are not being open and honest, is introducing that. And I think book. as well, if, maybe idea. if you think there's something a bit off about your kids and there's something possibly going on and you think that they're not going to speak to you, maybe encourage them to write a letter. And like, if, if you know, just say to them, look, you seem a bit yeah. different. If there's any problems, just write me a letter. Yes. Yeah. That's a really good idea as well because it's, it's sometimes just easier to do that rather than to say it. And it also means that they can really think about what they're writing. When you speak, you, it maybe comes out wrong or yeah. they don't say it in the way that they want to. Yeah, so that's a really good, and I think as well, good way as well. As a parent, it's important to prepare for anything that they might say. So if your child tells you something that would shock you, you need to be prepared to not be shocked mm-hmm. because that might then set them back yes. and they don't want to speak to you. So try and have like a poker face ready for when they want to tell you something yeah and like a non-judgmental way of approaching it yes which is really hard when you suffer from facial leakage because I I definitely have that um but yeah I'll practice my poker face but it's it's so important and I, I just think um one of the strategies that I kind of use is I have a reminder set on my phone for Monday night every night just before bed to have a conversation about checking in how they're feeling and it's it's the time to check in about how they're feeling with friends and school and life in general um and I, I think otherwise life gets in the way yeah, and that's a really nice conversations. Thing to do. 
yeah and it just alarms on my phone and I make sure that it happens so that's definitely a strategy that we could use um, but I think for now, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we can discuss some more strategies. Back in a minute. We have created and launched Chewy Gem Mystery Bags here in the UK. This is essentially loot crate for SPD. So if you want to get more chews for your money, then our mystery bags are the way to do this. You can choose from three different options and they'll be posted out free of charge. Grab yours now from our website. Now back to the podcast. Right, welcome back. So um, before the break, we were chatting about children's mental health, how difficult it is that they can hide it and mask it, and maybe don't feel comfortable chatting to you. The importance of developing a relationship where they can come and chat to you about anything by having that poker face and not reacting and being ready for anything, I guess. And we're starting to touch on some strategies. So what other strategies can we use to help our children when they're not well mentally? Well, you you might not be able to get get this in now if you've got children with mental health problems, but it's important to start this before anything happens. So I think there's lots of things that you can do, like mindfulness, and um, there's lots of books about children's mental health and talking about it. I think this is important to do with any child, regardless of if they've started to have any problems. So kind of like catch it before it starts so that it's not a taboo subject. Yeah, yeah, a kind of preemptive strike so that they know. I mean, you've said before, Lorraine, that mental health is just a form of health. It's like getting a cold or a flu and everyone's mental health can get a bit unwell sometimes. Um, and having and understanding that makes yeah. it less taboo to talk about it, doesn't it? Because you wouldn't not tell anyone that you were sick or vomiting yeah, and or it's like, had a runny nose. Say, for, say for instance, if you're a working adult and you've, you're having a mental health problem, I think you wouldn't call your employer and say, I'm quite mentally unhealthy at the minute. You might ring your employer and say, I've got a sickness bug. Do you, so, yeah, it's like... yes as if you feel it's not acceptable and, and it is acceptable yes. and it's the only way to... yes I, I, well, is it because I, I think I think it's becoming more acceptable but I don't think we're there yet do you know what I mean I, I would probably still struggle to say I, I would probably still yeah. struggle to say it I think I'm just being honest um yeah I think I'd probably say that yeah, I've got a virus that's, that's what a lot of people would days. do um, yeah and I think it's your your the time that we were brought up in it was all that kind of stiff up a lip and just get on with it and all the rest of it and you just weren't allowed yeah and to I admit think that I you talk were having issues quite openly and honestly about my mental health and children's mental health but I think that's because of what I do and where we are if I wasn't here with Chewy Jen yes. and I was working in my old job I I probably wouldn't have even gone to the doctor yeah exactly and I I think that's that's it in that I think I think although I'm saying I wouldn't I would be more likely now in this environment than I ever would have done um for for that reason because I worked in big corporate organizations before and it was just not acceptable but I think what we're doing hopefully is making a bit of a difference by talking about stuff like this and if we as a generation are encouraging this with our children and the schools are quite good actually at growth mindset and um you know encouraging 
talk about mental health, but maybe by the time our children grow up, their children, it will be acceptable to ring up your boss and say, my mental health suffering yeah. today. I need, and I, I think need it's important help. because actually, if your mental health is suffering, you're not going to be productive at all that day anyway. So really, take that no, day right. to you know to, yeah. to chill out, do some self care, and then that that will help rather than pushing yourself yeah. to go into work and get nothing done and just feel worse. Yeah, it goes back to that old duvet day thing that uh, was it America that did it for a while? Or some company somewhere allowed oh. people two duvet days a month, or or something like that, and they, they called it that, and that was just basically a, a reason to allow yeah. people to say no I'm not I'm not well um and I found that most people didn't take them but if they really really needed to they they did and because they recognized that without people having the time out if they're suffering mentally that it wasn't very productive yeah. for the organization so they were better doing it um which does make sense but that's quite yeah. a mind shift for big organizations yeah um, okay, so what other strategies? So obviously, ideally, catching something before it happens by regularly practicing mindfulness, talking about mental health, trying to make it not a taboo, so that it keeps that open relationship. But if you've you've you're, you're past that and um, you've got someone who is really suffering, okay, so I what can we do, do to help a them? mental health check in on myself. It's something that if you are mm -hmm. seeing a therapist, they do when you go in to see them, you fill out the form and they give you a depression and anxiety score. You can actually get that online. So I do that myself to check how I'm feeling. I also have a list of my symptoms yeah. of when my mental health's going down. And I check that because I wouldn't notice it in myself. Um, but so if yes. I don't get dressed, if I'm constantly in pajamas, if I go back to bed after the kids have gone to school, I start to, to binge eat. Um, there's lots of different things on my list. And I will go through that list and think, oh, actually, I'm doing those. So that means that my mental health is spiraling down. That sounds really good. So maybe in, if, if you decide to do a weekly check in one, with your child, one of the things you could do is talk about when you're not feeling great about yourself, what behaviours do we see and list them and then um, and then have that as your, yeah, your check then, as well so that you can So I have it. that checklist and I also have a list of things that make me feel better. So then I'll, I'll look at that right. list. If, I, okay. if I'm feeling a bit off, I think, oh, what can I do to make myself feel better? And on that list, it's things like go for a walk, listen to an audio book, watch a feel-good movie. So I do things off that list as well. Yeah. That sounds really good. So that that's so basically have have a regular check in. Make sure you've got a list of kind of alarm bells that you and your child agree um, highlight the fact that they're not feeling great, and then a list of strategies to cope and feel better. Yeah, and I um, sounds really really good. And where where do you so you've made that yourself? Are there any kind of online resources? Yeah, I mean the NHS do a mood self-assessment, well? so that's on there at the NHS website, and I'm just clicking on it now because it does have at the bottom one for under sixteens. It says under sixteen, visit the Young Minds website. Right. Well, I can't. Okay. Just, I, I do do the online one sometimes, okay. and sometimes and I do my own because I think they're my um, telltale signs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, more personal it to you. It depends if how I'm... how do you do it? So sometimes I know that I'm struggling, so I'll do it more often. 
if I'm feeling mm. quite well, I might mm-hmm. not do it for a couple of weeks or maybe even a month. Um, but I also know that yeah. if, if my strategies aren't working, that that's because my mental health is suffering because I can't mm-hmm. concentrate on a book or I don't have the energy to go for a walk. And then mm. sometimes I get to the point where I just have to have a complete yeah. shutdown of everything and I would have to come offline. I wouldn't want to talk to anybody, which is also a really bad thing, actually, that you don't want to talk to people. If you've got a friend that suddenly doesn't communicate yeah. anymore, that that will be a sign that they're having problems. And pe- the people who know yeah, me know absolutely. that that is a sign for me. But I also, at the same time, need to just switch off. Yeah. And I think you need yes. to learn that with each individual yeah, because if I switch off and then people start bothering me saying, oh, you've gone really quiet, is everything okay? That can make me worse. It can make it worse, yeah. Which is really hard. I mean, that's something to touch on is that for the, the parent on the receiving end of seeing your child suffer yeah. mentally, it affects them as well and their mental health. Um, you know, as, as you've said before, when Jamie's been at kind of crisis point, well, it, I think like, probably what am I doing wrong? Feel as well. why, have, why are we at the point where she doesn't want to be here? What mm-hmm. what can I be doing to make her want to be here? Because I'm the parent. Yes. Yeah. Difficultly and, how do you deal with and that? probably using unhealthy coping mechanisms, to be honest. Um, I mean, there are times that I try, I try my best to, mm-hmm. to use mindfulness and self-care and I do all these checks, but there are times where... I do self-sabotage because I'm just feeling that way. Yeah. Well, I think there's nothing there's nothing that causes more pain than your children in my books. Like, yeah, you just want to take it away, don't you? Wish you could have it ever. Um, Totally, really do. Yeah. Uh, What other resources and apps and things like that? Yeah, I I mean, a lot of people would say children shouldn't be medicated. And, you know, I would go along with that. I think that's fair that you don't want to put your children on medication. But if you do get to the point where it's needed, then as long as it's prescribed by a psychiatrist or somebody Mm -hmm. who knows what they're talking about, then it can be helpful. Jamie is on sertraline and that has made a huge difference. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's another taboo subject, isn't it? Which hopefully over time will erode because you take paracetamol for a headache. So yeah. why not take something if your mental health is suffering? Um, but I think there are all sorts of, I don't know, concerns around becoming reliant on it and will you ever get off it but I think that's the same with any medication as well it's not just the mental health so it's kind of blasting all those yeah, myths I mean, and if, out if, you, if your serotonin levels aren't too. at the right level and it's causing depression then the obvious thing is mm-hmm. to increase your serotonin mm-hmm. yeah and I'm, I'm exactly. actually it's just science. coming it's off just medication chemicals. myself at the minute um so I, I was on fluoxetine right for years and years and years and then I got called into the doctors and they said oh you can't be on this forever you'll have to come off it so I came off it and for a year things were just hell it was awful and I realized that I shouldn't have come off it at that point so I went Mm -hmm. back and went back on it and I've been back on it for ages and I've increased my dosage when I've gone through bad periods and I'm at a point now where I thought you know what I think I could try without it um and I'm I want to try something more natural Mm -hmm. so I'm uh, so there's something called yeah. HT 
TP5. Um, and there's obviously things like St. John's Wort that you can get from right. like Holland and Barrett and things. Yeah, so at the moment I've reduced Holland my dosage Barrett right and down Barrett. and then I'm looking at weaning off completely. If it doesn't work, I'm more than happy to go back on the medication because otherwise life will just be horrendous. Mm-hmm. But I thought, I thought I'll try something mm-hmm. more natural. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I guess I guess if you are concerned about your children taking medication, you could try the natural route first and see if it works, and then and then perhaps yeah, go down I mean, the not, proper not for children, medicated route. There's a lot of people who, who are using CBD oil and things now. The, the cannabis oil. What what on earth is that? Yeah, I think it's CBD. Um, oh, right. yeah, I, I mean, you can buy it from Holland Barrett. I, I noticed that in my little chemist, they've started selling the drops. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously never tried them, but it might be something oh, really? that I would consider. You, you can buy CBD gummies yeah. that you just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's quite a lot of things out there. Yeah. Yeah, every day is a school day. Um, okay, so that's kind of medication. Any other There's apps, quite a lot of apps out there, children actually. And resources really that could help? Good grounding tools. I think when you're actually in a state of anxiety and you need to regulate yourself there's um one that we use joe loves this it's called what's up and you can go on there and click uh, there's lots of different things mm-hmm. like coping strategies but you can click help right now and then one of the options on there is get grounded and it gives wow. you tasks so now i've just gone onto it and it says name five different meals you need an oven to prepare so then you'll do that and you've there's five stars at the bottom, and once you've right. said five things, you click all of the stars, and it goes on to the next one. So you, your mind is just taken away from the anxiety that you're mm-hmm. in at that time. And it's got you thinking about something else. And we find that yeah, really helpful. Like yeah. Um, and there and is also Headspace, good. which you yeah. can do daily meditation and things like that on there. Um, mm-hmm. There's breathing apps. calming apps there's quite a lot of apps out there i think it's trying to find something that works for you definitely for us the what's up is a brilliant app because i think taking your mind somewhere else can often help when you're in an anxious time so for for us joe struggles with school so we might when we walk into school we'll do the um five things you can see four things you can hear three things you can smell yeah, um, and we'll do that walk into school so that we're not thinking about yeah. going into school. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so what what about if it's you're at the point where you feel like you as a parent can't help your child? When when do you make that decision that it's it's bigger than than you and your ability to do mindfulness and grounding um, and using well, apps and GP, that they need some all, other support? Um, and a GP can refer you to CAMS or mm-hmm. you know wherever you need to go. Um, obviously, people have had bad experiences with GPs where they've been told go away, try this, and come back. If you think your child needs help, then stand your ground and fight for them and demand a referral. We were told with Joe that we couldn't get into CAMS. Um, But we found that Bernardo's did counselling. So we've seen Bernardo's and also Safety Net came into school and he had a uh, a period of counselling through them as well. So there are other things out there. There's online um, couth.com where children can log on and speak to a counsellor at certain times in the day. There's also blogs, other people's experiences, forums where you can chat to other people. 
So that's quite good. K-O-T-H. And that's you spelled K It's important if you are at the point where it is crisis that you ring 999 or you go to A&E or you get in touch with the crisis team in your area. Yeah. 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 And how the crisis team, where would they get information on who crisis team in your area and it will give you a number. Yeah. Right. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I don't think we've so. pretty much covered we'll everything, haven't we? We missed anything. In the description when we post this for, for the yeah. mood assessment and cooth and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So hopefully people have found that useful in terms of kind of looking out for the signs that your child might be struggling and we've given you a good few strategies and resources that may well help. Um, but ultimately, if it's if it's beyond your help, then obviously go and get proper support and contact the crisis team if needed. Um, so, yeah, that's been really useful. Thank you, Lorraine. Loads of great info. And as ever, please give us a follow or a like or a share so that more people can find our stuff. So we will be back next week with adult mental health um, and some stuff that we can do to support people in that position. So we shall chat to you then. Cheers. Bye. Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available why not hit subscribe and that way you'll never miss us finally if you're not already a member of our fantastic facebook support group i suggest you go join it we'd love to see you in there there's loads of fantastic chat lots of peer-to-peer support from people in the same boat as you so go and search on facebook for the chewy gem sensory support group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes speak to you then bye